Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Q is about conversation. If we're really concerned about ending poverty, we've got to be more concerned about creating justice. Our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. God's doing amazing things. His church is expanding. His church is growing. It's not what's the purpose of my life. It's what is the purpose that's been assigned. Stay curious. Think well. Advance good. This is Q. Hi, I'm Gabe Lyons. Welcome to another edition of the Q Podcast. I hope you're having a great week. Today, I'm excited for you to meet a friend of ours, a friend of Q, over many years, a guy named Matt Rustin, who created an organization called Made to Flourish. And that language, I know, will resonate with you because the idea is that this is all part of God's design, that human beings would flourish. And the way Matt has created his work and their great work with pastors and churches is trying to help more and more churches really understand how to practically start to live out a lot of the theology, a lot of the discussions we would have at Q, but helping them do that kind of at ground level in their community. And so Made to Flourish is a network of churches. They have local gatherings and local communities. They're doing great work to just help equip pastors and leaders in a church to know how to engage those in their work. So people in all seven channels of culture or the other six outside of the church, lots of times pastors don't know how to do that. And so today you're going to hear a little more about this. So if, if you're somebody who's in a church and you think, man, this would be great for my pastor to hear, go ahead and invite them, share this episode with them. Let them hear how other churches are really thinking about engaging with the people who are out in the world, living on mission, bringing their faith into either the marketplace or creative space, entertainment space, media space. And I think they'll enjoy this. So let's listen in now. Matt, welcome to the Q Podcast. It's so great to have you on, and, and it's just been so fun for us over these last couple of years to just work alongside your great work and excited for so many people in our audience to hear more about the vision for Made to Flourish and why this came to be. And it, it's so close to our heart at Q because of the importance we know of churches taking seriously their role to disciple and engage the leaders in their church who aren't necessarily serving in full-time ministry in the traditional sense, but are absolutely taking a kingdom vision into the places that they've been called. Tell us why this has been so central to your calling. Yeah, as you mentioned, we work with pastors and their churches. And in our language, we're we're trying to empower them so that they can equip their people to connect Sunday to Monday, so that people in a congregation can integrate their faith, their work, and the broader economy. Um, and I think that passion and that and that desire really came out of a few different things. Number one, I think there's a growing movement in our country and churches that recognizes that God's people dispersed on Monday, whether that's paid or unpaid, wherever they are in their work, just has incredible uh, kingdom opportunities, redemptive opportunities, places where people are living out their faith uh, in compelling ways in their places of, of work and contribution. But as churches and as pastors, we we have a sense that we're to empower them to be doing ministry wherever they are, but we don't always know how to do that. In fact, there's been research done by David Miller at Princeton. He says there's over a thousand faith and work organizations, but very few work with pastors and churches. 
And the reason is, uh, in, in many cases, as pastors, we've, we've been indifferent or we haven't exactly seen the need. And in some cases, have been an impediment to the conversation. So it's just been easier to go directly to a, a business person or, or someone in the marketplace and, and say, hey, here's how your faith can be lived out where you are. But I think there's a growing sense that as a church, God has called us to equip people for the ministry that they have outside the walls of the church. And that's a that's a movement in some ways that we don't in any sense think that we're starting. Um, it seems that there's a tailwind of the spirit blowing uh, as more more pastors and churches are ca- catching this vision. And yeah. certainly that happens through organizations like Q and others across the country. So our niche is really uh, the pastor and the local church mm-hmm. and how this conversation can take shape there. Back almost a decade ago, I got the opportunity to spend some time with Billy Graham in his home in Montreat. And it was at a time where he was still coherent in in a lot of ways. And as we had conversation back and forth, what was so interesting to me was talking to him about the spirit and the move of the spirit today. And, And I was describing to him the work that we were trying to do through Q, which was to help empower and equip Christians in every area of culture to live out their faith, to be faithful to to the gospel and to the historic Christianity, but also to be living it out in a way that's expressed in their industry, amongst their colleagues, amongst the kind of work they're creating and that, that sort of thing, and very much what you're describing. He stopped and said back to me, and it was slow and it was measured, but he explained how the Holy Spirit was working in new ways today, and he recognized it because in his heyday, you know, it was very much the gospel was moving forward through these large stadium events and people responding to a very clear and simple message of you're a sinner and, and you're in need of God's grace and they would receive Christ and come forward. And, and it was just obvious the spirit was moving through those kinds of mediums. But he said, today, I feel like the spirit's working through men and women in business in these different professional places who are more one-on-one explaining the gospel to people, living it out in what they do. And I'm paraphrasing, but essentially really empowering this next wind of the Spirit. And so I I just commend you in what you're doing to follow that sensitivity to God and what He's up to, and to really help people embrace that this is part of the church's responsibility. I think that's where a lot of pastors get intimidated, and they, they don't know how to engage. They're not an expert in these fields. They don't know how to run maybe a, a major corporation or equip the person who has 10,000 employees that report to them and don't always know how to talk to the history professor at the local college who's in their congregation or the, the city politics uh, professional that's part of their community. And so they're either intimidated, A, so they don't engage this conversation at all, or B, they feel like they're supposed to be the expert on all those categories and, and in many ways kind of don't earn the respect of the people in those categories who are experts and are really looking to their pastor to equip them to think well about how their faith is going to apply and relate. Well, it's a great point. You know, I was a pastor for about seven years full-time and, and worked in church settings for about 10 to 12 years before that. And there is this sense of, I don't really know what engineers or CEOs or lawyers do, and I'm a little bit intimidated by them as a pastor. I don't exactly know how to speak into their world, but I do know the Bible. I know theology. I know how to preach. I know how to exegete. And I'm going to kind of stick to that and hopefully that in some way they'll be able to make connections. I think what we're seeing is the really good news is that pastors that are on the cutting edge, it's not that all of a sudden we need to be experts in law or in finance or in accounting or in real estate. 
what we need to do is to take up the mantle of uh, being a shepherd, to understand, to try to try to listen, to ask questions, to show up uh, where our people are and to learn and to say, okay, if this is true about God, about his word, about what he's doing in the world, how does that overlap with you as a real estate agent? Today, you're going to be you know, selling houses and showing people what's on the market. And it, it's much more of a conversation. And, and that's what we're seeing with our, you know, the pastors around the country that are embracing this. It's not that they uh, know more, although they are growing in their fluency with different uh, professions and sectors. But it's more a posture of curiosity and a desire uh, to equip people in the places where they're already at. Yeah, I remember in New York City one night, we gathered John Tyson and we gathered these leaders in the fashion industry, people in retail, people in design, kind of every element of it, fashion models. And as a church, we said, let's let's bring this group together and just create a couple hours to hear from them about what they're dealing with in their industry. And John handled it so beautifully and right off the bat said to them, look, I'm not an expert in fashion or design. I mean, look at, look at my wardrobe. <laughs> like this is not <laughs> my specialty. But what I can do is is help think with you and imagine with you as we think about how God might be renewing the world, what are some of the ways in which that could happen in your space? But it'll help me to just better understand your space and for each of us to just have space to talk. And so we went around that room, and I mean, people didn't want to leave because they were having this conversation, invited by their pastor, invited by a spiritual leader to say, your work matters, the way you design matters in the kingdom of God, and I'm going to help you as a pastor just think about some of the challenges you run into as it relates to how your faith kind of bumps into to everything that you're doing. And so I'd love for our listeners to just hear any more about that from your perspective, ways in which you've seen this start to play out practically maybe in a church's life. And Because I think a lot of people just think about church as Sunday morning, and mm. we know that that's not what God designed the church to be. Yeah, that's such a good question. And I think your story about John and the way he modeled that with these experts in the, you know, the fashion industry and and what does a pastor have to say to them? And and John is a skilled pastor who knows how to ask good questions. And I think so much of this is knowing how to ask good questions. And something that we talk a lot about is the grand narrative of scripture, the big story of what God is doing in the world that um, in creation, he creates a good world. You know, the material, the stuff of of the earth is meant to be explored and cultivated, and and we see God's design in creation for us to work and to contribute. And then there's this massive rupture in the fall. So you've got creation is the world as it ought to be. The fall is the world as it is. This is the mess that we find ourselves in, the broken relationships, the, the broken systems. And through Christ then, redemption, there's these flashpoints, there's these signposts, there's these glimmers of the ways that God's kingdom is breaking into this broken world. And this is the world as it can be. And then ultimately, in the, in the grand story that we share is, is the world as it will be one day, as Christ renews all things. Um, and I think that big story of the world as it ought to be, the world as it is, the world as it can be, and the world as it will be provides an unbelievable, just a, a fantastic framework to enter dialogue, you know, to go to a, to a fashion a group in the fashion industry and to say, tell us about like the way you express creativity. What is, what is the oughtness? What is the goodness of like the world that God has created and how you're exploring that? Secondly, what is the mess? What, like, what are the broken systems? What are the broken ways that um, the fashion industry is is expressing itself? 
Thirdly, as a, as a Christ follower, what can be done? What moves are you making? What steps um, that represent Christ's kingdom um, are you seeing? Can we brainstorm together? And then ultimately, how does this reflect the way things uh, will be when God puts it uh, all to rights in the new heavens and new earth? Mm-hmm. And so let me bring this home. We had a pastor in our network. You asked how our churches and pastors are doing this. We had a pastor in our network named Jim, and they talk about faith and work all the time from their church. But he had a conversation with someone in his congregation who is a biomedical engineer. Uh, This person was designing devices that save people's lives. So you and I would look at that and say, wow, that's just, that's amazing. That's incredible. Uh, But this person was struggling with their sense of calling. And they were saying, I don't know, I don't really see, you know, what I do is valuable. I'm not sure that it matters in God's world ultimately. And Jim was just totally dumbfounded because he says, we've been preaching this. On a regular basis, like where's the disconnect? I'm not mad at this person, but we're obviously not getting through that this person is uh, on mission uh, with, with God in their place of work. Mm-hmm. And what Jim said is he, he said, I realized that we were, we were telling them, but we were never showing them what this looks like. So what he did is uh, at least once a month, they do what they call all of life interviews. Well, they'll bring someone up from the congregation. They'll put them on the platform. They'll give them the mic and they'll just ask them four very simple questions. Uh, Number one, can you give us a picture of the day of the life in, in your work? Tomorrow morning when you go to work, what does that look like? Secondly, how does your work imitate the God who's at work in our world? Thirdly, how does your work, uh, How do you encounter the brokenness of the world that you see every day through your work? And then finally, how is your work a uniquely designed opportunity to love your neighbor? So four simple questions. And he said what began to happen in their congregation is people started to hear these stories about how people are thinking theologically and practically about their work. And they were starting to think about their own work. So it's more than just preaching, telling, exegeting scripture. We also need to be showing models of beautiful practice and lives that are not always flashy. They might not make the cue stage in terms of like being really, um, you know, amazing or or outsized. Um, but they're just examples of faithfulness in the gritty day to day. And I think uh, people need to see that and they need to hear that. Well, I think it's encouraging to those listening. We have several pastors who listen to this, but also probably the majority of people that listen to this are are leaders out in their industry doing this work. But also many times we have found just feeling underutilized within their churches, underappreciated, and only appreciated for either the wealth that they can bring to the church in a monetary sense or you know, they're putting all their talents into thinking about the church structure versus what I think you and I are both describing here is is a reverse where a pastor and the church staff, let's say, looks out to their congregation and says, we believe God's called you into spaces our church will never be in. Mm. How can we come alongside you and actually help you do your work with a redemptive lens, understanding God's call to all of us to be a part of renewal? And how are we going to fix things that are broken right where you're at and enter into yep. people's lives? And, and to me, that's the future of the church will be pastors and leadership who start to understand that and are looking at not people in, in their chairs or pews on a Sunday morning as there for just spiritual experiences or to hear some spiritual nourishment. But it's just the beginning point to ascending mm-hmm. out that our churches are going to have to structurally get better at, mm. at how we actually, you know, hire staff and think about the ways in which discipleship happens. And I'm curious in your experience, 
as you start to work with churches, you see churches that are integrating and thinking more about the the idea of faith and work as a key component of their congregational life. Are there some practices like that that you're seeing that that some churches are now they're allocating more budget towards this sort of thinking? They're they have staff members who are going out and spending time in workplaces and learning how people are trying to integrate faith and work. Is are you seeing momentum in that direction? The leading churches who are thinking about this really well. As we've talked to them, we've really identified four areas of church life where this conversation takes shape. Number one is the corporate worship gathering. So how is this conversation reflected in your sermons, the illustrations that are shared, the prayers that you pray, who you commission, the stories that you tell, the songs that you sing? And there's being great work done in, in each of those categories. One example is the, you know, the prayers that we pray and the commissionings that we offer. I have a pastor in our network named Jason, and he said just once a month, I picked a different industry, uh, and I crafted a prayer around that industry. I'd be in conversation with people in that industry, and we did that publicly, and I'd ask them to stand. Uh, we kind of com- have a commissioning moment for everyone who is a- an architect or an engineer or uh, in in one industry or another. And he said, after about four or five months, people started coming up to me and they would say things like, wait a second, do you know what I do? I'm an investment banker. Like, do you know what my world is like? And people started saying, wait a second, you're saying that God can can break in and uh, be at work through that space? And it was just a simple model of this discipline of a liturgical regularity of praying for people in their different vocations. Secondly is in pastoral practices. And one of the most simple ways, and you alluded to it, is as pastors, it's very easy for us to spend 30, 35, 40 hours uh, in the church building, in our offices. And we just simply ask our pastors, get out of your space and meet people in their workspace. Ask them what they're doing. Uh, Ask to, to... pray for them just to learn about their experiences. We had one pastor in our network. He, uh, on a Sunday morning, he said, I'm, I'm challenging anyone who's brave enough to have a bring your pastor to work day. Uh, and he had 15 people that signed up after, after the service. But he said, I had a, a hog farmer who asked me to come out to his hog farm to work with him for a day. He said, I had, I had a guy who was a crane operator. He said, this crane operator would never lead Bible studies in our church. He'd never be kind of a guy that you think is a church guy. But he said, when I saw him on his turf, the relationships that he managed, the expertise that he had in running that crane, the dignity that he had in his work, how he, um, the pride that he took, um, he said, all of a sudden I knew how to pray for him better. I knew how to preach to him better. He now trusted me more as his pastor. Um, and it actually helped me be a better pastor simply by getting out of my space uh, and getting into his space. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember, you know, this is, I'm going to read this, a Martin Luther King Jr. quote that I know you probably referenced where he says, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as a Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the host of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. I literally have a friend that I've known for 15 years who owns a street sweeping company. Mm. And we we first started having these conversations about the kingdom of God and what it looks like. I remember sharing with him this quote 
and how he started to see a vision for what he was creating in his company and his employees and the communities and public spaces that his company was cleaning streets for and cleaning parking lots and what that could look like. And, and I was just having breakfast with him about a week ago. And it was amazing to hear how he has created a company, a culture to, to become number one in his city, a, a major metropolitan area at his work, and all with this vision of understanding this is part of the kingdom of God. This isn't just a job or just a business. This is actually part of a bigger story. And so you're taking what, for a lot of people, have been these these ideas around faith and work, but I think you're making it practical for pastors to realize they can do this. This isn't complicated. It's simple things like you like you mentioned, the Sunday morning you know, bringing people on stage and spending time focusing on affirming their work as a really important part of what it means to be a part of this church or acknowledging the teachers and praying for them before school starts that week and praying for them as they're being sent out. There's some really simple, pragmatic things that can become right. part of our liturgy right. that really emphasize, I think, what's what's so important here. So Made to Flourish and, and our partnership is very much about how do we help the churches and the pastors who are part of our community at yeah. Q become more informed and engaged with with a specific structure that you guys are creating? And many times it's, it's based on a local city, a, a local community starting to form within a city where you can share together in, in, in person, kind of mutually create fellowship and shared ideas and best practices and be equipped together. And, and we just think that's an amazing and, an, and a very important thing and, and are proud of the work that you're doing. So thank you for that. Thank you, Gabe. You know, as, as you're talking and as, as we've been talking, there's, there's another area that strikes me that I think is worth mentioning. It can be easy in these conversations to, you know, there's so many exciting things going on and to have a mindset of, gosh, what are the ways that we can be representing Christ in the places where we are and fixing the areas of brokenness? There's also this aspect of our own formation in Christ as we're engaging in the places where we work. This is more about the broken stuff that's in each of us. Um, and I think that's a key way that, that pastors can help connect the dots. Uh, I, th- I think it was Dallas Willard uh, said, you have to get really specific. If you're preaching a sermon, you say to the plumbers, you say, plumbers, it's never just you and the pipe. You're down below the house and it's 12 degrees Fahrenheit and the crawl space is cramped. And you're trying to figure out a way to fix this pipe that's flown out water because the pipes just froze. And he says, it's never just you and the pipe. In that moment, you're inviting Christ to be your strength, to be your help, to give you wisdom that you wouldn't have had without him asking you, to give you perseverance, to give you perspective. And you expect as a Christ follower that God is actually going to meet you in that place and help you with that pipe. It's never just you and the pipe. Uh, and I love what Dallas is doing there is he's helping us with our imagination to say, how are we um, not just on our own strength, our own power, but how are we inviting uh, Christ into the place uh, that we're at? And, and we, had a, we had an actual a story of this. One of our, our pastors named Jay, he was, he was talking to a surgeon in his congregation. In conversation, she said, I think, I think God is calling me to leave being a surgeon and maybe be like a missionary. Maybe I can be a medical missionary. And as Jay pressed into that, uh, he's asking why she's thinking this way. And she says, well, um, actually it's because I'm, I'm looking around and a lot of the surgeons on my floor, their lives are falling apart. You know, we're kind of like God. (laughs) We save lives every day 
Uh, we're the most powerful people on our floor. Everyone in the hospital looks to us. And for many of us, we bring that mentality back to our homes, and it's the way that we treat our spouses or our kids or, or we're absent. And I just see a lot of my peers and their lives are, are falling apart. I don't want that to happen in my life, and I, I feel like I need to leave this space. And Jay is a skilled pastor who, who believes in the integration of faith and work. And he said to this woman, he said, what do you think Jesus is calling you to do or to think or to press into him in this situation? And this woman, after some reflection, had tears in her eyes. And she said, I think God is calling me uh, to acknowledge before him that I am not God, uh, that when a surgery goes well, I give him the glory. And when it doesn't go well, um, I acknowledge that he's in control of all things uh, and to submit my attitudes and everything that I'm doing on a daily basis to him. And what I love about that so much is, is she wasn't trying to fix all the surgeons on the floor and their lives. She was saying, gosh, the gospel and my relationship, my walk with Christ matters to the work that I'm doing. And uh, as that happens, I imagine, I imagine that that her life looks peculiar in that space, that over time people say something is different about you, the way that you go, the way that you treat nurses, the way that you are leading a more balanced life, the perspective that you have when things go wrong. So I, I just don't want to discount that aspect of our personal formation in Christ as it relates to our work. Yeah, well, thank you, Matt. I think that's an important point, and we appreciate the work that you're doing. I appreciate you being with us today and sharing more with leaders and pastors about how their church can be involved. Can you tell us where people can go who are listening to learn more about Made to Flourish? Yeah, just go to our website, madetoflourish.org. And whether you're a pastor, whether you're not a, a pastor, there's ways that you can get involved in, with what they're doing. There's a Get Involved tab, and we have a little form. And actually, if you're a pastor or not a pastor, uh, we give free resources out uh, to anyone who goes on our website and, and fills out a little form. And we'd love to, to get resources in your hands that can help you take the next step wherever you're at. Well, thank you, Matt. Well, you heard Matt say it. Go to madetoflourish.org. I want you to go eat up the things that they're doing, see what they're doing. Uh, listen to some of the work that they've done, and you can kind of preview some of that on their website. And in general, just be a part of that community. Be a part of that network. It's a great way to meet other churches, pastors, and leaders who are thinking about the kinds of issues we talk about on the Q podcast and at our Q events, but it allow you to have a localized expression of some of those conversations in person. So I hope you'll do that. I want to thank you again for being a part of another episode of the Q Podcast. Continue to invite your friends, those you work with, to listen in with us as we together try to stay curious, think well, and advance good. This show is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or on your podcast player. And thank you for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.